0: Charlie Muffin was surprised to feel as uncomfortable as he did. The need for self-preservation normally overcame all scruples, and Charlie was convinced he needed all the self-protection he could get, or manipulate from wherever he could get it. Since when had he been bothered by scruples anyway? He reckoned he'd lost them around the same time as he'd lost his tonsils, when he was about eleven. Too late to back off now, he was committed, necessarily committed. Lovely place, said Laura. Got a great write-up in one of the Sunday food sections, smiled Charlie. How much had the proprietor slipped the lying bugger to write that this was the most exciting eatery in London? On the standard so far, he'd probably had to throw his virgin sister in to swing it. It was a place of pine wood, checked tablecloths, and waiters who wore earrings, jammed with yelling, table swapping people, all of whom seemed to know each other, but be unable to speak at any sound level less than a hundred decibels. And the food was crap. Charlie was currently undecided whether his salmon had died from decaying old age or from botulism with a distinctive mercury flavour. The botulism was favourite. I read it, said the girl. Never guessed I'd get here, or be with you when I did. Charlie searched for a gallant reply. I'm glad you're enjoying it, he said, which wasn't it. She didn't seem to notice. If they waited for the wine waiter to do his job, they'd both die from dehydration providing the fish didn't get them first. Charlie finished off the bottle of Pouligny Montrachet between them and returned the bottle neck down in the cooler as a hopeful distress signal. Maybe he should have attached a white flag. Do you want to know a secret? If you like, accepted Charlie. It was to hear any secret she might have and to feed back as much disinformation as he could plant in her mind, that Charlie was spending an arm and a leg on a disgusting meal in a place where he could hardly hear himself think. He pushed the fish away, half-eaten, definitely mercury-tasting botulism. He remembered hearing from someone in the technical sections, where they actually invented assassination methods, that the most virulent killer toxins were still made from fish. The girls at the office were jealous when I told them where we were going, announced Laura. He knew he was expected to flatter her back, like he would be expected to do other things later. Survival time, sunshine, he told himself. Everything's allowed to survive. He said, I can't understand why there should be, and thought, oh Christ. It sounded like he was enjoying it and wanted more like he was an absolute prick, in fact. "'Can't you?' she said, even more coquettish. "'No one seems to understand you, Charlie. "'And there are stories, intriguing ones. "'Like what the hell was he doing in intelligence at all, "'the uninvited interloper, "'who wouldn't take the hint that he wasn't wanted. "'It had been all right under a couple of directors general, "'but since Sir Alistair Wilson's collapse he didn't have the protection at the top anymore. Rather, he had the complete reverse. Charlie paraded the rehearsed response, even to someone who worked in the department and was a signatory to the Official Secrets Act, although he hoped Laura wouldn't let that get in the way too much tonight. He said, Fairy tale stuff. We're all just clerks. She grinned knowingly. Clarks don't break spy rings and go in and out of the Eastern Bloc on false passports, and have a biography and records labelled, Director General Eyes Only.